I'm Rev. Shannon Moore, and you're listening to the Simple Worship Podcast, recorded each week at University Christian Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Every Sunday at 9.30 a.m., we gather in the Chapel of the Good Shepherd to sing, take communion, and worship. If you'd like to join us, in person or virtually, please visit our website, universitychristian.org, for more details. So this is the fifth Sunday that we've been in the Gospel of Mark, and we're still in the first chapter. Um, I'm going to kind of go through what's happened so far in this first chapter. And there's a connecting thread uh, running through this first chapter of Mark. Uh, It begins with a quote from Isaiah, uh, the prophet Isaiah foretelling of one who would prepare the way for the Messiah. And it says, "...the voice of one crying in the wilderness." John was that one, that voice crying in the wilderness, and he voiced his proclamation that he was not the Messiah, but that somebody else was coming. Jesus appeared, got baptized by John in the Jordan River, and as he was coming up out of that water, Jesus heard a voice from heaven saying, You are my son. I am well pleased with you. And then Jesus began his ministry, voicing his message to repent and to believe the good news. Then there were two sets of brothers, Simon and Andrew, James and John, who heard the voice of Jesus calling them to follow Him. So voices, there's all these references to voices in this first chapter of Mark. And today continues that theme. The scripture is Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 21. Hear these words of scripture. This is Jesus and his four new disciples. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying with a loud voice came out of him. They were all amazed. And they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey Him. And at once His fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. That ends the reading. This text got me thinking about what a miraculous gift that communication is. Um, I've been talking about the sound of voices, but of course there's a lot of ways to get your point across without using words. A facial expression can express a lot, right? You can say, I'm fine. You can say, I'm fine. (laughs) Makes a big deal of difference. Uh, We learn how to read eye language. That look in your mama's eye can convey deep love or create deep fear. Um, The hand, somebody's hand on your shoulder, that can be really supportive and loving. Or it can be a warning, menacing. Um, All that to say, we communicate in so many different ways. And I think God communicates with us in various ways as well, in our feelings, through our intuition. Maybe sometimes we do hear a voice or just feel something in our hearts. Uh, Not everybody 
has the same senses uh, at the same level. So I want to acknowledge that hearing is just one of the ways that we communicate. It's certainly not the only way. But in this text, uh, voice is really important. I don't think, I was trying to think about it, I, I don't think I've spent much time before this week wondering what Jesus' voice sounded like. Um, but I've spent quite a bit of time this week wondering what his voice sounded like, what his eyes conveyed, what it might have felt like for him to, to touch your hand. I've, I've thought about that a lot this week, and um, I don't have any doubt that there was a warmth and a kindness in, in Jesus' voice, um, but the Scripture today indicates that there was something else, too, a sense of authority. That word was mentioned a couple of times in this text, Jesus' authority. So, you know, Jesus and these disciples, it says that they traveled to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus entered the synagogue and started teaching. And I just have a lot of questions about that. Like, how did that come to be? Like, was he invited to teach? Or did he just walk in and start teaching, like take over the synagogue that day? And if he did, like, what about the poor guy that prepared the sermon? Um, <laughs> We don't have any way to know this. Maybe I'll ask that when I get to heaven. Um, but at any rate, Jesus started teaching in the synagogue, and it said that the people were astounded by his authority. And then Mark adds, not like the scribes. Jesus taught with authority, unlike the scribes. So how was Jesus teaching different from what the people were used to hearing, from the teaching of the scribes? Um, I was reading an article this week. Uh, Stephen Holtgren was the name of the scholar. He said this. I'm going to quote him directly. He said, The scribes' teaching authority depends on their knowledge of and adherence to tradition, especially the traditional interpretation of the Torah. That's the first five books of our Old Testament. However, Jesus teaches with an independent authority, or rather, on the authority of God. In other words, Jesus was free. Jesus was free from the things that bound the scribes in their teaching. He had freedom from tradition. He had freedom from worrying about shocking people. He had freedom from losing any position of power because he didn't have any. Um, he had freedom from trying to maintain popularity. That didn't matter to him. And he was secure so secure in the fact that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. You may remember when he was baptized, not only did he hear Jesus' voice, but Mark says the sky tore open and the Holy Spirit descended upon him and filled him. So secure was he in this filling of himself with the Holy Spirit at his baptism that he taught God's Word with no hesitation, no doubt, no bounds to anything except his dedication to God. We don't know what the message was that day. We don't know what scripture was used. We don't know what he taught. But we can look through other scriptures in Mark and in other gospel accounts and see ways that Jesus shocked people. Um, he corrected the scribes on their interpretation of scripture several times. He told the people that the Messiah was not going to fit into the little mold that they had set for themselves, a message that we should probably keep in mind ourselves. And then especially in the Sermon on the Mount that we find in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus 
just sort of says, lays it out, that the traditional interpretation of the commandments was inadequate. And all of this was very shocking. It almost seemed like um, a new thing. They even asked the question, is this... Is this something new? We've never heard this before. But there was something in his voice, in his presence, his gestures, in his eyes, his voice, that conveyed lessons in a way that astounded the people who listened to him. But it wasn't just people who were listening that day. There was a man with an unclean spirit there, and the spirit spoke, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? If you come to destroy us, I know who you are. Holy One of God. As the Son of God, as the Messiah, that authority that he preached with and taught with disturbed this evil spirit. And Jesus had to silence that spirit because that spirit named him Jesus of Nazareth, Holy One, Son of God. Naming in that culture was a big deal. It gave you power over another. Remember in Genesis, God gave um, the, Adam the authority to name the animals and be, have dominion over them. And so Jesus had to stop the spirit from naming him. So he silenced the spirit to stop him from saying his name. And then Jesus commanded that spirit to leave, to come out of the man. The man began to convulse and to scream. I cannot imagine what that must have sounded like. I think the most terrifying noise I've ever heard was um, when I worked at an insurance company years ago and a woman was being told she was being let go. And she just started wailing. Why? At the top of her lungs. And it was heartbreaking. And it was chilling over and over throughout the whole office. You could hear her screaming, why? Why? And this must have been just even more than we can imagine, this unforgettable moment as this this spirit left this man's body. And it astounded the people who were there even more. Um, And like I said, because Jesus had this authority and because he taught in this certain way, they thought they were hearing something new. They were amazed that an evil spirit would listen to Jesus and obey his commands. Now, we also have to remember that at that time, people thought that evil spirits caused all kinds of disease and ailments uh, and illnesses. And so to have somebody in their midst who could order a evil spirit out of somebody must have seemed like a miracle cure. You know, what, is, what else can he do? What can he do for us? And we have a better understanding today of health and mental health and what causes illness, but I wonder sometimes if that knowledge has somehow diminished our belief in the power of Jesus. If that knowledge has somehow made us lose our wonder at what Jesus can do. Because the same Jesus that taught with authority in that synagogue is alive and at work in our lives today. Authority is a big deal. And there are a lot of people in positions of authority 
in every walk of life, whether it's a boss over employees, whether it's governmental authority, whether it's parental authority. Um, and sometimes people don't use their authority um, in proper ways or in healthy ways. Sometimes people use their authority to influence their own agenda for personal gain. Jesus didn't have any political power. He didn't have any military power. He did not have standing as a priest or a scribe in his religious community. He simply had authority rooted in his confidence that he was living out God's truth. And he proved that by the words that he said and by the things that he did. And he easily could have used that power for selfish gain. The last line in, that te- in our text today says that his fame began to spread throughout the region. He didn't care about that. Instead, he used this authority to point people to God and to serve others. So his example is certainly one that we can imitate, but we also have to live by his authority and by his voice, which can speak to our ears or our minds or our hearts whenever something tries to lead us away from the path of Christ. And to live in the confidence that he gives us and then be astounded by the freedom that that brings. Thank you for listening to the Simple Worship Podcast. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to us at universitychristian.org. If you like this sermon, please share it with others. Thanks again and have a blessed week.